Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 but since thou bidst us leave the mounts come with us to the plain and he has every moment of every day you've ever lived from the moment you were conceived unto the moment you enter heaven since thou bidst us leave the mounts come with us to the plain Transfiguration Sunday, the message is entitled, The Nature of Temptation. The text is Genesis 3.1, Satan speaking. Says to Adam and Eve, hath God said this? God doth surely lie. Hath God said this? Why did Jesus go to the Mount of Transfiguration? There was someone breathing down his neck. Someone had been breathing down his neck ever since he was baptized. And his father in heaven said, this is my beloved son. That so enraged Satan. When God commented about Jesus, it so enraged him. That when the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, Satan tempted him. Throughout his three-year ministry, he tempted Jesus, used the scribes and Pharisees, used the Roman soldiers, used his own disciples, who at the very end run away, betray him, Simon Peter cursing and saying, I don't know the guy. And as Satan realized the cross was only two weeks away, and as Satan realized he was running out of time to stop God's plan and purpose, He weighs heavily upon Jesus. And Jesus climbs that mount of transfiguration not for some exercise. Climbs a mountain not to get away from people as he had done a couple of times earlier in the ministry. This time he climbs a mountain because he wants to be alone with God. And as he will two weeks later in the Garden of Gethsemane, Wanting to be alone with God, he invites three, Peter, James, and John, to come with him. He climbs the mountain because Satan is coming. I've said it before, temptation always begins with a question mark. Because the one who tempts you is not God. It is God's very real enemy, the one named Satan. James 1.13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. God cannot be tempted by evil, neither does he tempt any man. When you are tempted, it is not God testing your faith. When you are tempted, it is not God using that to bring you closer to him. Temptation belongs to one person and one person only. And that person is Satan. Satan will come to you and he will say, 
Let you and me discuss what God has said. Let me help you interpret. Let me help you understand what God is saying to you. I know you read his word, but I have to remind you that his word is outdated. It was written 2,000 years ago for the culture of the time, not for this time. And Satan will say, I know your conscience uh, triggers an alarm every once in a while, but you cannot rely on your conscience. You have to rely on your reasoning. Satan says, let me be your counselor. Let me help you address this circumstance. The irony is that Jesus said we have a counselor, John 14, 26, he's the Holy Spirit. And he says about the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things and help you to understand all things. Satan says, let me be your counselor. He puts his arm around you like he did David standing in the tower looking down on Bathsheba. Puts his arm around you like he did Moses when he's killing the Egyptian. Put his arm around you like he did Abraham, like he did Jonah, like he did the 12 disciples. You better run away. This guy you've been with for three years, he's going to die and you're going to die too. You better run away. Like he put his arm around Simon Peter. Simon Peter, it's all collapsing here. 14-year-old girl is trying to pin you to Jesus. You better curse and swear and you, you better exit this scene as quickly as you can. Puts his arm around you like he's an old friend. You've known him for a long time. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. But he's always been there whispering in your ear. If Martin Luther said, I daily sin much, then Luther was also saying, I daily am tempted much. I was teaching one of the classes in our school this past week. I said a couple of weeks ago, I said to the students, tell me this, is temptation a sin? And every hand in the room went up except for one. And I said to them, temptation is not a sin. Jesus himself was tempted. Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a high priest in heaven who cannot understand the feeling of our weakness. We have a high priest who's been tempted in all ways, even as we, yet without sin. Hebrews 2.17, Jesus had to be made like his brothers in all ways in order that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And then it says, since Jesus suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help us when we are tempted. Temptation is not a sin. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, when temptation comes, deliver us from the evil one. Satan. He said to Adam and Eve, God said, eat of every tree, save for one. Eat of a thousand, eat of 999 trees, but not one. And then Satan says, doesn't that sound suspicious to you, Adam? Doesn't that sound suspicious to you? 
God is not being transparent. He knows if you eat of that tree, you'll be as wise as God. It is Transfiguration Sunday. Jesus had started his ministry three years earlier. Let me read a familiar portion of scripture to you. And a voice from heaven said, upon Jesus being baptized, this is my son whom I love with him, I am well pleased. Immediately was Jesus led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. A tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word and every promise that comes from the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For I know the Bible too, Jesus. It says God will command his angels concerning you. They'll lift you up in their hands. Jesus said, it is also written, Satan, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, I will give this to you if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, get away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him. And an angel came and ministered to him. The devil left him for a time. Two weeks to the cross, Satan comes with even more might than he did three years earlier. It has become urgent. This time, when Jesus was on the mountain, not in the desert, not in the garden, when he was on the mountain, this time God did not send an angel to him. He sent Moses, who had been dead 1,500 years. And he sent Elijah, who had been dead hundreds of years. And those two spoke to Jesus and brought him courage and strength. Said, go to Jerusalem, go to the cross. And if that was not enough, God himself will weigh in on this matter. When the voice that God speaks, the voice of Satan asks to disappear. And the voice that God spoke, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And the Bible says, Jesus came off that mountain and he set his face steadfastly to Jerusalem. Crucial time for Jesus. Crucial time for Satan. One of the questions I am asked most often, will I know my loved one in heaven? Will you know Jonathan by name? Will you know your mom and dad by name? Whenever they ask that question, I automatically go to this portion of Scripture. Moses by name. Elijah by name. And God brings the big guns down. Because the cross has to happen. The anxiety has built Father, I'm beginning to have my doubts. This is causing me great suffering. If there's some other way to do this, then the cross, let it happen some other way. Temptation begins with a question mark. Satan comes, says to Jesus, 
I know you love God and know God loves you, but uh, let me throw this one out at you, Jesus. Where is he? Forty days ago, he said, you're my beloved son. You haven't heard from him since, have you, Jesus? No text, no email, no phone call, no visit. No, I'm just checking up, seeing how you're doing. Maybe he's forgotten you, Jesus. Maybe he's busy elsewhere. And then he quickly moves. He says, let's take matters in your own hand. And whenever you and I are tempted, that's what Satan is doing. Let's take matters in your own hands. What's the greatest sin that exists? It's not adultery. It's not embezzlement. It's not murder. It's not any other. What's the greatest sin that exists? The sin of fear, the sin of worry, the sin of shame, and the sin of guilt. Because if Satan can get those sins working in you, fear, worry, shame, and guilt, hatred, or anger, God is nowhere to be seen. Your faith obliterates fear. When Satan says, God's not really there, you take matters in your own hands, that's where the fear and worry comes. Oh, if I take matters in my own hand, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't happen? What if this collapses? What if, what if, what if, what if? But if your faith in God is a strong one, you say to the mountain of any circumstance, move and it'll move. Because your faith is that God has all of these things in his hands. Ever since I was a little boy, that song we sang Just now, tis good, Lord, to be here. Ever since I was a little boy, that one verse has always stuck in my mind. Since you bidst us leave the mount, come with us to the plain. This is the plain, people. This is the plain. Zach Hurts. Was focused on the Super Bowl he had just won. No. The coach of the Philadelphia Eagles was his focus on the Super Bowl he had just won. No. What was his focus on? Jesus Christ. Jesus said to Satan, My focus is not on my hunger, it's on God. My focus is not on whether I can do miracles, it's God. My focus is not on power. My focus is on God. Satan, it was God who brought me into this wilderness as part of my journey to the cross. It is God who is with me in this wilderness. You are trying to take my focus off of God and put it on my circumstance. Hungry, lonely, thirsty, homeless. But I keep my focus on God. Man doesn't live by bread alone. Man doesn't live by Super Bowls alone. Man doesn't live by I got cancer alone. Man lives by every word that comes from God. And what word comes from God? How about this one? Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. How about that one? That's the one Jesus was thinking about, I dare say. Or maybe he was thinking about Moses, Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble. The Lord your God is with you. When temptation comes, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, God will make a way of escape. Do we escape? No. We daily sin much. Only one perfect Jesus, Hebrews 5, 8. 
Your best way, my best way, when temptation comes, when Satan whispers. My focus is on God. He's with me in the plane of life. Have no room for fear, because I know my circumstances in God's hands. That's the word that Jesus was thinking about. Satan comes a second time, says to Jesus, Calm down, Jesus. Don't get yourself all heated up. Just calm down a little bit. I'm not going to ask you to turn stone into bread, but I'm going to suggest this to you, Jesus. Let's see if God really watching over you. Going to take you to Jerusalem. Going to have you jump off the temple. Let's see if the angels hold you up. I tell you what, Jesus, you're going to run into a lot of trouble the next three years. You're going to run into a lot of trouble. Scribes and Pharisees are going to want you dead. The Romans are going to want you dead. Your own disciples will be with you three years. They don't care whether you're dead. They're going to run away, save their own hides. You got a lot of stuff coming, Jesus. Let's see right now whether God will watch over you. And Jesus said this to Satan. If I truly trust God, I don't have to bargain with him. I don't have to put him to the test. I don't have to strike a deal with him. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. If I trust God, none of the other stuff is necessary. God doesn't have to prove himself to me that he loves me. I look at the cross. He has my best interest at stake. He doesn't have to explain to me why the circumstances of life have come this way. He has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He has said, all things will work for good. He said, if you're struggling with something, bring it to me and I'll give you peace. He has said, nothing can separate me from you. Satan, I don't have to bargain with God. I know he's there. Confession for many, many years, I would pray to God, give me a sign that you're real. Give me a sign that you're real. Let me see your face in the clouds. Come and visit me for five seconds. Let me know you're real. What's the old saying? Be careful what you pray for. Jonathan, 13 years ago, first treatment for his brain cancer, University of Chicago. There's the car. There's the license plate. There's the words, be still, John's favorite verse. When did God prove to me that he's real? Then, then, then. That license plate. Jesus said, I had to bargain with God. God, if you take away this cancer, I'll be in church every Sunday for the next 50 years. You don't have to bargain with God. All you have to do is trust his word. Never leave you nor forsake you. In the final temptation, Satan says to Jesus, I'll tell you what, Jesus, forget the stone stuff. Forget jumping off the temple. I'll tell you what, Jesus, let's cut to the chase here. God wants you to have power over all this world. I can give it to you. You can set up an earthly kingdom. I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. You won't have to go through scribes and Pharisees. You won't have to go through hunger and loneliness. You won't have to go through your disciples betraying you. You won't have to go through Judas selling you off. You won't have Peter spitting in your face. Let's do it now, Jesus. Bow down and worship me. 
and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And you know, the time comes when you've had enough, right? There's the time when you've had enough. And Jesus had enough. He said, get away from me, Satan. For I shall worship and serve only God. Get away from me, Satan. James 4, 7, submit yourself to God, people. No matter whether you've won a Super Bowl or whether you've just been diagnosed with terminal cancer, submit yourself to God. Resist Satan, he will flee from you. Come near to God, he will come near to you. The temptation of Christ. The nature of temptation. Always a question mark. Questioning God's goodness, his wisdom, his power, and his love. And Jesus said, as should we. My faith will always be stronger than my fears. The one in me, 1 John 4, 4, is stronger than the one in the world. I will stay close to God. In his powerful name, amen. Friends, would you rise as we pray? John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. No one shall snatch them out of my hands. The Father who is greater than all has given them to me. No one shall snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. There is one central foundation in our life. It is not our circumstances. It is certainly not Satan. The one foundation in our life is the one who died on that cross, who said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And minutes later, he lays back his head on the cross, and in a loud voice, he calls out, Telelestai, in the Greek, one word, it is finished. Heavenly Father, will I fall into sin? Yes. Will I be forgiven by you? Yes. And when temptation comes, will my God deliver me from the evil consequences that Satan intended? By the grace of God, he shall. And no matter what happens, I shall stay close to him, and he always will stay close to me. Be with us, Lord, in our Savior's name. Amen.